Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. So Pete, I think that we probably couldn't find a person that would disagree with the statement that we're living in a very polarized time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do you think I, that's yeah. probably accurate? Yeah. Well, we I, we don't mean to laugh. Um, but yeah. I, <laughs> fair. Yeah. But, fair. but it is. I mean, I think it, part. Well, one of the thoughts I immediately have with that is yeah. like we're two. We're one of the only like developed countries with a two party system, and I think our mm. system. So if we think about this systemically, mm. our yes. system fosters the polarization. But we're going to talk about polarization. Yeah, we're going to talk about polarization uh, in this episode, and. To be clear, this is, and I've said this on the podcast before, this is not- We are a, not politicians. Yes, yeah, so we're not politicians. It's not a political podcast. This is mm-hmm. um, a podcast about psychology, obviously, from both a Western um, uh, behavioral science lens and an Eastern uh, spirituality lens. And interestingly enough, uh, both of these uh, psychological frameworks have a lot to say about polarization, that even if we were not living in a very polarized time, this is something that Pete and I talk about clinically- all the freaking well, time. Well, because it's your favorite word, Nikki. <laughs> it is my favorite word. So dialectic. Uh, dialectic. <laughs> yes. So let me um so let me say a little bit about like let's let's kind of like define what polarization is and then I can define dialectics. Yeah. Right. So and maybe why don't you start? Why don't you define what polarization means? Like again, using sort of like a psychological framework. What does that mean? Well, I, so one of the things I think about when I think of polarization is uh, uh, David Burns' cognitive distortion. Mm-hmm. So all or nothing. Yes. So it's this black and white perception of life. You and I've talked about in terms of like this absolute truth. Yeah. So uh-huh. There is no one absolute truth, which is also, by the way, as I, I was reading some Zen Buddhist reading the other day and mm-hmm. it talked a lot about this absolute truth. So mm-hmm. I thought of you immediately because there is no one absolute truth. And I think with polarization, it's like, I'm right, you're wrong. And so even if it's like a heavy issue like abortion, there is mm-hmm. no right or wrong answer. I mean, obviously people mm-hmm. feel that way. Yes, they believe I have, that. I have a belief in that, in, yes. you know, wherever I, my belief is. Yes. Uh, and that, but that's a very polarizing event because it makes people feel as if they're, it, maybe there's that kind of linking to righteousness. It is. You know, yes. kind of thinking like, I'm right. Um, Which we talk about in Righteousness and Rigidity. Um, that's episode 10. <laughs> episode 10, yes. Um, so, so yeah, no, thank you for for um, that that bit of psychoed there. And I think I want to add in here that our, as, as humans, our brains are wired towards polarization. So we're actually wired for this black and white thinking, um, because it's, it's actually a processing issue. It's, it's much, it's much easier to process things in binaries, right. Than in like shades of like, you know, a thousand, you know, it's much easier to think like it's either, or it's good or bad, it's best or worst. So, you know, they've done research, you know, brains, um, brains, human brains are very skilled at chunking information. Mm -hmm. And so that's one way we, we chunk information. It's just in one or the other. So that's another component that this is, um, it's a, it is a processing component of the brain. I was about to say it's a, uh, like a, a, an error, but I don't even want to say that it's just a part of the brain. Like it's just neurologically how it works. And yes, I know you love exactly. my definition. So, uh, Oh, I love them. Division yeah, into two sharply contrasting groups or sets of opinions or beliefs. Mm, thank so you. Yes, I like the idea of sharply contrasting. I'd like that as well. Is that yeah. is that a is that a Merriam-Webster? Yeah, favorite? sure. Let's call it. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. Fr- from from Google. From <laughs> Google. Like, from Google. Okay, it's from I call Google. Doctor Google. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Google's got a lot to say. Okay, so so 
polarization is really these like this these sharp contrasts in perception, beliefs, and you know, as Pete's explaining, like when when people uh, people meaning all humans are Pete and I as well, all of us, yep. all of us uh, are focused on our own opinion or belief about something, mm-hmm. right? We we not only attach very tightly to that, mm-hmm. we view the opposite belief as incorrect or wrong. Right. Okay. So now it's time for ta-da, dialectics. Her, her favorite <laughs> yes. thing. My favorite thing. Producers yes. bring in the music. <laughs> my favorite thing. So um, you know, and I've said before, my 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 best friends from college who are not psychologists uh just always tease me because they well, they just they make all sense, dialectics. Yeah, they just love them. Get they ready, love listeners. Them. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Dr. Rubin. So, so as I've, I've, I've talked about before, so a dialectic is not a psychological term. Mm-hmm. Actually, it comes from philosophy, philosophy excuse me, um, and it has been borrowed by third-wave cognitive behavioral therapies, initially by Dr. Marshall Linehan, who created dialectical behavior therapy, mm-hmm. um, because dialectics help target polarizing beliefs. Mm-hmm. And DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, um, is really focused on uh, helping those that are experiencing intense emotion, which, by the way, causes polarizing beliefs, right? <laughs> look at um, that behavioral yeah, look at cycle. That. Yes, yeah. Uh, come back to a more accurate and balanced lens. So the defin- there's there's two definitions of a dialectic. Uh, the first is, and is like, there's no one universal truth in the world, meaning another way of saying it, no one universal belief or absolute truth, right? Mm-hmm. There's no one right way to be a person. There's no one right perspective. There are infinite perspectives and beliefs and ways of living on this planet as a human. Mm-hmm. The second definition, which is the one that I would say we sort of utilize clinically in a more active way, is that two opposite things exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is actually very, very uncomfortable for the brain to hold. So I'm going to um, I'm gonna use Pete here. <laughs> He's going to- Please do. Yes, as an example that I really like to. So I'm going to ask you, Pete, and I obviously know the answers to these already, but um, <laughs> I'm going to say them. Um, do you value honesty? I do. You do. Yes. Okay. So Pete values honesty. It's something that's important to him. Uh, Pete, have you, or do you tell white lies? I do. You do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Pete values honesty and And? he he tells white lies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say when I think of that, if I was, and by the way, same for me, you know, Nikki values honesty and she tells white lies sometimes, right. right? It feels uncomfortable. Like, can you feel that there's like a little bit of, I, I kind of like joke and say it's like a brain herder. Like it's like a little unpleasant. To sure. Say. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yet that's the most accurate statement. Mm-hmm. But Pete's brain and my brain, it, they don't, our brains don't want to sit with that. They're going to want to go, but I, but I value honesty. Yeah. Right. But, I, but that's the most important. I want to be like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. I got to yeah. tell all the truth all the time. <laughs> right. So, not. So, not. So, so these two <clears throat> diametrically opposed facts right. both exist. And what we know is that when we're able to acknowledge and sit with a dialectic, right? So mm-hmm. um, acknowledging these two opposite truths, not only is this actually regu- more emotionally regulating for the brain – it's the most accurate. It's the clearest that there's yes. space to see both sides. So I'm curious, like, what what are your thoughts about that? Pete? Well, it'd be, it, it exists on many different levels. So that I like that example because I think that's very accessible, and it goes much deeper too. Because I think it does. you know I had a student ask like, well, how can someone identify with one sexual identity and then engage in another sexual behavior? 
right? Yes, very, very good example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's that's heavy for people, and many people won't understand me even saying that. Frankly, yes. you know, and we know that within sexuality, it's fluid, mm-hmm. and so that there are certain things that where they don't not a, nothing really matches. And nothing I think, really matches. Yeah, and that's okay. Really, yeah. Well, and that's so, and that's so hard for, for the brain. For the brain, it's so hard for the brain, especially when we're emotionally tied to something, right? So it's like we yeah. want we, we our brains really like. Our own well, beliefs. say more about that. I like that because the emotion is likely what makes a lot. That's really what drives the dialectic or like the righteousness of it, right? Well, well, yeah. Well, drives the opposite of the dialectic, right? Drives well, the yeah, polarization. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah drives. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we when we experience intense emotion, and we all do, and again, oftentimes we experience intense emotion um, around things that are related to our values and what's mm-hmm. important to us. Unfortunately, um, again, this is a you know um, a, a brain science thing here. The more intense our emotions are, and you know, if they become even dysregulated, meaning like they're like really like out of whack, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, our brains produce more evaluative statements, more judgments, more polarizing beliefs, and mm-hmm. then those beliefs get, for uh, lack of a better phrase here, stickier. Like we're yeah. more attached to them, and it's the cycle. And then the more attached we are to these polarizing beliefs, it activates more intense emotion around it, right? Yeah. So, like if you, I don't know, like we can use kind of like an innocuous example. Um, if I don't know, in your town, uh, they want to um, put a Starbucks. Put a yeah, great. <laughs> they want to, They want to put a Starbucks. You know, and you, there's never been a Starbucks before. You guys have all local businesses, and some you know some people in the town are like, "This is great! Like, it's so you know, it's going to be such a good deal, and it's so quick." And and yeah. we love Starbucks coffee. And then there are other people in the town that are like, "It's it's ruining our our business." Commercial. It's, it's commercial, yeah. right? Yeah. Even and look, I have no no opinion about this. So it's interesting. As I was talking about it, as I'm just saying each of those. Um, imaginary <laughs> beliefs that we're coming up with, I can feel my body start to react. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can you feel that? Yeah. Well, this was actually a real life example in a neighboring town where they, there was a town who, I guess they have some sort of law against commercial businesses. And mm. so, it, cause it's all for like small businesses and, mm-hmm. and just to keep it like small and quaint. And then there was like a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks and the town was up in arms and they were so split. And I, so it's, mm-hmm. it's both really funny and it's charging <laughs> and it's, it's charging. It's greatest. charging. So, Hey, Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks want to be a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I w- again, wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Um, but you're yeah. right. People will get under those camps. And, and I think what we see now, and this is, we're, we're trying not to be political and we can't not be, that's a pink elephant as we're talking about. Sure. This. Yes. So I think it's it, the due diligence is for us to at least address this a little bit because there's this polarization of politics and, and and right now, that's what's creating the issue. So I started off by saying that because I think, if not all developed countries have more than two parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure all. I think we're the only developed country that has only a two-party oh, system. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say I have, I have no idea, actually. But um, Well, like, I think yeah. like Germany has like seven or eight and Sweden has like the same. Like, so a lot of these developed countries have multiple parties. So... You know, it right allows now, for more. It allows for more viewpoints. It allows for exactly. more... Exactly. Which, you know, I think um, is interesting because I think like... Perhaps some people would listen and say, like, well, that's going to create more tension or more difficulty. And and the kernel of truth is, yes, that's right. And it's more accurate, right? right. There's more more space to see, like, the many different shades that it doesn't doesn't create 
an environment that's as adept at cultivating polarization right. as as the system in our country. Yeah. Um, I'm you know I'm not sure if you've watched this yet, Pete, but I just the other night I watched um, the Social Dilemma just came out on Netflix. Uh, Do you know yeah, about this? I saw Did it. you watch it? Okay. I had all my clients watching it right okay, now. Okay, great. So. I mean, when I watched it, I was, and I highly recommend anyone listening. Well, to except the like production that. of it's not great. I didn't like that storyline that they had well, with the family. Yeah. Do you so feel I, me with that? I, I, feel, I feel you with it. Yes. And, but, but with the science about it, the psychological uh, science. they have I, just presented that? I mean, they could have. Yes. Thank um, you. They could have. Though I was so obviously like horrified watching it and also it felt very validated because I was like, this is what psychologists is have don't... been saying. This is well, what we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah. And know? this is why you don't do it. And this is why I don't do social media. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. so and, just and, for the listeners, yeah, please, I'll yeah. give you the end a little bit. But just the idea is that the, that all of these apps and social media are meant to make us addicted, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's how you break it down the smallest. Is, and, 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 po- and, and polarize your beliefs. And polarize your beliefs because you're, you're funneled what you believe. So, and, and we've talked about that on here before as well. Like if I click... Nikki Rubin, psychologist, LA, um, I'm then going to get all these, I'm going to get ads looking for other psychologists in that area. Correct. That's you know? correct. Yes. And, uh, and so in the East, <clears throat> a lot of the mantras or, or, or the koans or anything that we repeat, they, they often focus on this. So it'll be like life and death, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, movement and, and stillness. Yes. Finite and infinite. Uh, and so, cause the teaching is really that it's both finite and infinite and it's At also, the same time. and it's neither finite nor an infinite. So that's, that's how complicated the East gets because it's really that like nothing actually exists outside of our mind. Right. And, and, and nothing, um, and not, I mean, this is, I, I don't think an Eastern saying, but it's like nothing exists. That's not in contradiction, right? right. Like that everything has like an opposition and that we're trying to make space for all of it. You know, right. I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking like a lot about obviously kind of like what shows up in psychology dialectics that show up that, that I'll share with patients, but I, I spend a lot of time talking about with students is, you know, I'll say like really bad therapy is all science or all art. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. somebody that's just like following a manual and like being a robot, that's not going to be workable. Someone that's just like only focusing on being creative and only kind of going with the flow, like you're not, no one's going to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. Effective therapy is, and I would say medicine and even, you know, like hair colorists, right? Science and art, right? That there's, mm-hmm. there's a both. Um, another dialectic that shows up is, throughout our lives is acceptance and change, right? Like I would say humans, we tend to be like really change oriented, right? Yeah. We got to make it well, better. I we like gotta... that you started by saying this, that we're, we also don't like change. So whether, oh, yeah, we don't, right. we don't know. We, whether we don't, it's, yeah, whether well, it's stress, good or bad. Yeah. Ch- changes is, is uncomfortable, right? right? Change is difficult. And yet we, we always try to push that forward. We have a very hard time accepting where we're at. Right. And I know I just blended two episodes. And so, but thinking, but the idea with the polarization is that even if we're, even it's hard for, it's uncomfortable for our brain to hear the other side. It is. Yeah. It's, well, and we get, and we, that's where people shut down. So if we, if we uh, kind of weave back in like what, how, what's happening in our country, both politically and in any, um, any sort of hot button issue, right? People don't want to listen to an opposing viewpoint because it's unpleasant right? It's unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Like this is why people like have their, um, cable news, uh, uh, station of choice, right? People prefer to watch MSNBC or Fox News. Well, you know, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's funny. I'll say, well, you know, I'll say it's, it's not, um, I would actually say it's not stupid because it's, it's only in that. No, it's, oh, oh, no, nice. It's, no. <laughs> not nice, Pete. <laughs> <Does> it, 
funny, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, only in that, and I don't mean this like in a Pollyannish way. I mean it's just not stupid in that it is how we're designed. Our brains want to be comfortable. Our brains want to stay attached to what it is that we believe. And so what's unfortunate and what the social dilemma talks a lot about is that if we're then environmentally only presented or primarily presented with experiences and people and beliefs that match what we believe and like and know, our brains are going to choose that every time. That's right. Because that's how we're designed, right? Like it takes conscious willingness. It takes mindfulness to choose to step into discomfort, including opposing viewpoints to one's own. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you work with clients around this? Because I do think that this is something that, so we've, we've normalized it. We all experience it. Polarization is, is, is both neurological and behavioral. Mm-hmm. So uh, mindfulness, of course, is the path to yes, uh-huh, everything. Yeah. But what else? What else? What are some other things that if if you if you're noticing this with like a family member or something like that, what would you do? You know, in addition to actually the psychoeducation that I've been talking about today on the podcast, because mm-hmm. uh, it is important to understand it, right? Like, I want sure. people to to understand like this is what your brain's going to do, and it's not accurate. I actually, I, um, I mean, not not uh, not with people in my life, uh, though. I end up talking about dialectics a lot with patients. Um, I make people practice it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I make people practice that. I actually have people like write down dialectical statements. So, like dialectical thinking. So, this and you hear Pete and I do a lot, right? So, so to get a dorky grammar uh, person for a second, you're my word girl. I know I am. Uh, Creative writing major. Woo. Uh, (laughs) UCSD. Uh, uh, The word but grammatically functions to negate the first part of a sentence, Right. right? So, like, if we go back to what I said earlier about. Pete and honesty and white lies. If if we're like Pete values honesty, but he tells white lies, mm-hmm. like what does that imply, Pete? That I'm a liar. <laughs> right, that you're a liar, and that, and that the the honesty doesn't matter, right? right? Like it like it like negates that part of the sentence. So right. the and helps in 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 a, in framing a dialectic, right? Helps your brain make space for both sides of it, right? Think of like a balance. It might might create some new neurological pathways. It sure, it sure might, right? So I might have people write things down. So it can be, you know, I'm trying to think of a kind of a common one that shows up uh, clinically. It might be something like, um, like if somebody's struggling, let's say in a, in a family relationship, like maybe with a parent that they're having a disagreement, maybe they're, um, maybe they don't even, they really don't like something that their parent is saying. A dialectic I've had people practice is, you know, I don't like what my dad believes and I love him. Right. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah. How about you? What do you, what are some of the things you, you work on with patients? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, trying to create some self-awareness, some insight around their own belief systems, mm-hmm. this idea of no absolute truth. And it, you know, it, it would depend because I, I wanted to bring in some more of the East, at least for this podcast. Yeah, please. Yeah. Cause a lot of the sutures or mantras that we, that we, uh, so there'll be so there'll be so there's one called the heart sutra that I like, and it will be something like without loss, without gain. So in emptiest, there's no form, no you know, um, no realm of sight, no realm of consciousness, no ignorance, and no end to ignorance, mm. right? Uh, no old age and death, and no end to old age and death. No suffering, no cause of suffering. So mm. there's always the, it it the whole. So you get like the, the du- It's the duality, the duality. right? It's the duality. Oh, there's it, the right? Eastern term. See, that's my yeah, word. Yeah. I'm the one who's bringing it in there, but absolutely. (laughs) The duality, right? So would you say duality is is like a synonym of polarization in a way, yeah? I would no, I would say duality is a synonym of dialectic. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right? Because the polarization is the either or, right? The duality is like the Ah, existence of both, you know? Oh, thank Um, you. That was you're so right. Yeah. (laughs) Um 
just love me some words. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, no, and it's so, be- and I, I know, you know, in other Eastern perspectives, like, like in Taoism as well, like there's a lot of dualities, even like I'm thinking, um, and I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know, uh, which, uh, I think it comes from, uh, somewhere in the East, just say yes. somewhere in the East. Well, I would say, I would say China <laughs> actually, I think I, cause I'm thinking of like, is, um, like the yin and yang symbol. Right, like yes, that's, I think that's Chinese, um, yeah. yeah. So that's Chinese medicine, yeah, actually, yeah, Chinese medicine. So um, that that's what that's talking about, of like the both, right? Um, yeah. So I had a client wearing the yin yang the other day, and so I was also really helpful. Of like, I was able to ask, "Well, do you understand what's the meaning of the of your necklace to you?" Mm. And then was able to do some education on what yin and yang actually means. And I said, you know, I. I, I I know we're about to wrap up, but I think for relationships, I see that a lot. Like yes. relationships typically exist that are long-term based on yin and yang because that's what, that's that whole principle is that these dualities actually work well together. They do. It's a compliment and it's more yes. holistic, you know? Yeah. And so I think in, in ending here, what I want people to really get curious around, right. And, and practice some openness towards is that there again, there's no there's no one right way to be a person. There's no one right way to believe. There's no one uh, absolute truth in the world. And the more that we can open up to differing experiences and perspectives than our own, we're going to see the world and experience it more accurately. This has been when East meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, and I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present. Be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Ruman. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.